Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is Shi'ar Jeshub. Coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. Pastor Greg Scalzo has been teaching on the Office of Administrations, and in the current message, he has been in 1 Timothy chapter 3, which gives criteria, the qualifications for being a bishop or pastor or elder, which the Apostle Paul calls a good or noble task. Here is Pastor Greg. And then Paul goes on to give concrete examples of what he's talking about, some examples of what this means, the bishop, the overseer must be blameless. He says, the husband of one wife, not a person living with someone, not multiple wives, not having multiple families, otherwise what? Just like we said before, you know, the young people are going to say, or the new Converse into Christianity, but pastor has, but elder so-and-so has. Why can't I? Right. And this is what you would call what? A traditional marriage. The husband of one wife. A tradition, what we would call a traditional marriage. Why? Because marriage, as it was in the beginning, Jesus said, is extremely important to the Lord. And it's extremely important for the church and it's extremely important for the society as a whole. So if the one that's in that noble position, doing that noble work, doesn't reflect the highest level what God has for the family, what is that? what message is that giving to the rest of the church and to the rest of society? Marriage, and you know from the words of the Lord in the Gospels, is extremely important in the Lord's sight. Notice also that it's better, based on this, and we've touched on this, we talked about celibacy, it's better for the bishop slash elder slash pastor to be married, right? Some even see this as a requirement, saying that if you want to be an overseer, you really should be married. A normal man with a normal family life, and how does that line up with the requirements of some other churches where the religious leaders have to be celibate. Celibate for life. Doesn't line up with the scripture, right? Here, the bishop, the overseer, is the husband of one wife. And it's not multiple wives. The pagan nations had, would have multiple wives. He has to be faithful to one wife. And that's important, too, because if he doesn't divorce his wife and seek another wife, if he's faithful to her, loyal to her, loyal to the family, even when things are very, very difficult, even when he wants to run, what does that character show about his degree of commitment? And what does that speak about as far as commitment to the church? If a man is faithful to his wife, there's a good chance that type of character in the tough times when things hard, he's going to be committed to the church. There's a loyalty, there's a commitment that's shown in marriage that then will work itself out also in that relationship to the church. So the husband of one wife, 
And the next word uh, there is temperate. Uh, it's temperate in both the, uh, in the New King James, it's temperate in the NIV. Uh, in the King James, it says vigilant. Vigilant. The word there is nephalios. Nephalios. It means sober. It comes from a word that means abstaining from wine. It's a derivative off of that, so to be sober. And then figuratively, to be circumspect, to be careful, to be cautious, to be prudent. And that's why the King James then makes it vigilant, right? Because if you're not drunk, right? If you're not drunk, you're awake. If you're not drunk, you're alert. And if you're alert, you're vigilant. And so you see how the word, it gets translated the different ways it does. To be sober, to be sober. He can control his desires. He's not drunk. He's not under the influence of alcohol or any substance. He's not excessive in appetite or desires. Rather, he's temperate, marked by moderation, does not indulge the flesh. He's sober. And we've seen, we've known of um, situations in the church where um, Pastors who are under tremendous pressure. We knew one man in particular had a tremendous anointed ministry, but he drank. He was an older man, and I guess all the years of pressure upon him and different sadness, and he would preach on the morning and then go get drunk later on. Not a good testimony. Knowing his situation, it was almost understandable, but it's not right. It's not noble. It's a noble task. Better to get out at that point. It's a noble task. The person can't be addicted to alcohol or any substance, or anything of the flesh, anything of the flesh at all, because otherwise it's going to wind up in the end, what? Bringing disgrace onto the Lord. So sober in the body, and then sober in the mind. The next word there, temperate, after temperate, which means sober, you have sober-minded. In the NIV, it will say self-controlled. Now, we talked about not having the body drunk, now the mind also, even apart from alcohol and the things of the flesh, the mind of the person needs to be self-controlled. The person may not uh, be an alcoholic, may not have trouble with drugs or anything else of the flesh, and still their minds just might be unsafe. And this is speaking about a sound mind, to be sober-minded, or as the NIV says, to be self-controlled. One Greek translation is prudent. The, um, the Greek word is sophron, sophron. And it comes from uh, two different Greek words. One is sozo, which means to save. You may have heard that one because it's a, it's a common word when you're, when you're preaching, to save, sozo. And frain, uh, which is the mind the mind, the cognitive faculties. So to save the mind, to save the mind, be safe in mind, be sound of mind. That's what the word means, to have a sound mind, to be discreet, which means to show discernment or good judgment um, in conduct, in speech, and then that's where you get prudent from. So a sound, self-controlled, sober mind, which shows itself in a prudent character to be sober-minded, to be clear-minded. So you have here uh, the family relationship, one wife, 
temperate, a sober person, not someone given over to indulgences, someone that's sound-minded, who keeps their mind safe, self-controlled. And then the next word he gives here, of good behavior. The New International Version will say, respectable, of good behavior, respectable. In the Greek, the word is kosmios. Now, it should sound a lot like another word, cosmos, right? We get cosmos from. And you know that, that word there translated in the New Testament many times, world. But the original, the first level of meaning to cosmos is an orderly arrangement when things are ordered aright, to have things ordered properly. So then the secondary meaning becomes the world because God ordered the whole universe. He arranged the whole universe. And so then the word becomes associated with the universe, with the world, the cosmos, right? Cosmios means here orderly. Orderly, decorous, marked by propriety, good taste, correct, um, a well-arranged life. Now, it's used in other places in the Bible when talking about attire. So modesty, decent, modest, seemly attire or conduct, right? To be dressed in an orderly way. But it's more than just that. It's a well-ordering of the entire life of the person. It means a harmonious arrangement. And just like God has a harmonious arrangement in creation, so the overseer, as an example, should have a harmonious arrangement, an orderly arrangement in their life that will reflect outwardly in, in dress and conversation, but more importantly, it has to start inwardly. It has to be inwardly. Not only dress and demeanor, but inward life, expressing itself outwardly. Well-ordered behavior, a well-ordered way of thinking. Everything in life arranged, and that's why you get the, the, trans, the general translation, you get good behavior, but it's more than that. It's good behavior because of order and things being structured right and everything in the person's life being arranged by God's logic, not man's logic. Uh, Bill Bright, years ago, Campus Crusade for Christ, had a booklet, The Uniqueness of Jesus, and he had a lot of different diagrams to try to help the college kids visualize some of the concepts that he was he was teaching and there was one diagram he would use over and over again where he would draw a circle and he would have a throne a chair in the middle of the circle and then he'd have chaotic balls around you know random chaotic balls and on the chair he would have an e for ego and then down below he'd have the cross and the point was that if your ego is on the throne of your life and the the cross of jesus is submissive to your ego Everything's going to be chaotic. All these balls are going to be up in the air. And then he has another diagram where on that throne is the cross, and then the ego is down below and submissive to, the, to Jesus on the throne of our lives. And all of a sudden, all those, those balls, which symbolize the different facets, the different aspects of life, are arranged in an orderly fashion, well-arranged, orderly, in harmony. And obviously the point he was making was that if we place Jesus on the throne of our lives, we have harmony and peace and order. But other than that, we have shambles and chaos. Um, so here, that behavior, the elders of the church, the pastor of the church, the overseer of the church, uh, they need to have their lives arranged by the Holy Spirit in a well-ordered way um, that 
is internal and reflects outwardly. This word here, cosmios, is used in the Old Testament Septuagint. You know the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew? And it's applied to Ecclesiastes 12.9. In Ecclesiastes 12.9, toward the end of that book, it says, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order, cosmios, set in order many proverbs. He set in order many proverbs, or parables in the Greek, that's used the Septuagint. He set them in order. How, how can the leaders of the church set in order the things of the Bible, make them known in an orderly way that the people grasp them, if their own lives are not set in order, are not well ordered by the Holy Spirit. And so this, this uh, word here that's translated good behavior, respectable, has more meaning to it than just that. Obviously, the end result will be what's seen as respectable, what's seen as good behavior, but it comes from the Lord God of the universe who arranges the whole universe arranging and ordering the individual's life the same way that it reflects out the good behavior, the respectability. Our Sunday message is live-streamed on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel at 10.30 a.m. Pastor Greg is currently teaching on Last Day Events, and you will find a link to the channel on our website at shiarjashub.org